0: Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Welcome back to Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 The Horn. It is a uh, Top of the Charts Tuesday. That's my man Patrick takes jams. I reached the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. Uh, Chan wants me to know that Rod, Captain Tenille, way before my time. That is true. But I'm an old soul, Chan. you don't realize. I'm an old soul. All right? Grew up in, in the back of the car listening to whatever mom and pops love. That's why I love Motown and love me some James Brown. Grew up watching... All the old black and white shows, I've seen every episode of Donna Reed, of Dobie Gillis, the Patty Duke show, I Love Lucy, Andy Griffith, you name it. I watched all them damn shows growing up. That was, that's all I grew up watching. I grew up I, I've seen all the episodes of those shows. Andy Griffith?
0: From, you mean Andy Griffith? Man? I've seen
1: every episode of Andy Griffith. By theory growing up, I told Craig this theory and he doesn't like it. It makes him a little uneasy. I said my theory about Andy Griffith going up because I watched so much of it. Because if you don't know about Andy Griffith, he's he's a single dad, and his wife, you know, allegedly passed away sometime before the show started, and he's raising Opie by himself. He's a sheriff without a gun. He's a sheriff without a gun. I put two and two together. He used his gun to kill his wife in Mount Pilot, buried the gun, and now to to kind of you know. That they could put an image out there that he's a good guy that doesn't like violence. And now I'm the sheriff without a gun after I think he used that gun to kill his wife. and mom. Nobody talks about what happened to his wife. No pictures up in the house. We never see They don't even mention her that often in the show. She's mentioned like twice in the whole damn show. They don't even mention. I mean, what the hell is going on that? You're going to raise a young boy whose mom died and y'all never mention her. her. Her face is never up in the house. No pictures of her up. No, no. Andy Reid was up to some. Andy you got to hire an Andy idiot, Griffith. Deputy. Yeah, Andy Reid was up to some up. So, and you know what? I'm sure that, yeah, I'm sure Barney helped him out. Get rid of the body. So this I was rug's heavy. I'm telling. I was watching too much Dateline and Andy <laughs> Griffith, I guess, at the same time. But that's what I came up with. Craig hates that theory. <laughs> Every time I bring it up with Craig, he's like, that's ridiculous. I'm like, disprove <laughs> it. You can't disprove it. It's a fan now theory. Now I just have an image of
0: Andy Griffith cleaning up the blood while whistling. And it's just disturbing. Exactly. Uh, he, it's disturbing. That's what I'm saying.
1: American psycho before it happened. Yeah. He's whistling. He's whistling, whistling the themes of Andy Griffith yeah. as he does some very duplicitous stuff. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> that's all. That's my theory about it. Uh, there you go. He was a bit of a womanizer, too, on the show. I mean, he had a couple few, few ladies that he was dating at the time. This, the, the, the teacher, Helen, dated her. And some other, a couple other women that he dated. So, you know, he's a bit of a womanizer, but he never talked about his wife. He never talked about her.
0: No, like, well, you know, you can't bring that up.
1: Well, I would like to know how she died, why she died, and can Opie <laughs> mourn? Can he grieve? <laughs> I mean, he's a young kid who lost his mom, and then, like, y'all never mention her again. He's going to grow up to be a serial killer. Anyway, uh, sorry, Chan, but that, you got me on that rant there. Anyway, uh, so we'll get to some NBA news, notes, and nuggets next segment. Uh, we got several reports about Dame Lillard. That's a big topic of conversation in the NBA right now. Is Dame Lillard, and you will not believe who some NBA insiders are reporting that Dame Lillard wants to team up with. I don't know if I like this. I'm sure you've heard these rumors, Patrick.
0: I have, and it's I, weird. I am blown away by how many teams want this person.
1: It is. No, it? it's like four blown or five teams. Blown away yes.
0: that he is apparently the piece to a championship. I, it does not make sense, but we'll talk about it later.
1: <laughs> oh, I can't wait. Patrick's annoyed already, but. <laughs> okay, we're going to make some time for that rat. That's coming up. Uh, also, oh, Dennis Rodman calling out Larry Bird. Did y'all hear this? Did you hear Dennis Rodman? Come Dennis- on
0: now. Okay. Come on now.
1: Dennis Rodman, where do we put in terms of um, how, much, how, much, how much we believe him? Like, how authentic are his stories and his takes? Do we think that he's just being kind of a, a a showman and exhibitionist or do we believe like he's I, mean,
0: I think that's his take.
1: That's his, I, like, I he believe believes that's this. His, yes. This is not him just trying no, to go I viral. believe
0: that is his take. He believes this. Okay. Yes. I okay. don't know if it was because he listened to somebody dumber than him or But he doesn't like Larry Bird. He no. said stuff about of Larry course Bird not.
1: before.
0: None of those Pistons
1: like the the Celtics. But he Cuz pick- they could beat him constantly. But he picks on Larry Bird a lot. Yeah. He said some stuff about Larry Bird that he actually took back and regretted. And Dennis Rodman don't regret a damn thing he said. But he said some stuff that was so offensive about Larry Bird, I could, I he could imagine, took could
0: back. I could imagine Larry Bird, with the stories of how much he trash-talked, could have...
1: Because Larry Bird's trash talked. T- you're right, that's a good point. I bet... This day and age, we would consider that the stuff that he said to be something you could be cancelable.
0: Oh, Oh, one hundred percent. Yeah, that was
1: uh, yeah, but it was just trash talk to him. You yeah, I mean, I mean we talk. saw that one Man. of the
0: best scenes in the Last Dance is when Michael Jordan and Larry Bird hug during Michael Jordan knocks them out of the playoffs, and he, they're cussing they at each other, at each other, like, and they're just like <laughs> hugging each other, and they're just still like, I hate
1: you so much. <laughs>
0: I hate you. I hate your mama. I hate your
1: kids. It is. It is is too. They got that competitive sickness, which basically makes them like borderline psychopaths. And they're sitting there cussing each other out like, I do love you, but I admire you, but I hate your guts. (laughs) Yeah. No, but so we'll get into that. Uh, Dennis Rodman talking trash about Larry Bird again. Uh, And we'll get into some of the NBA reports out there, too. Before we talk Texas uh, football here, and there are a couple of Texas football nuggets, uh, we didn't get a chance to uh, get into the uh, baseball discussion because uh, I came a little bit late. I want to talk some, actually, Major League Baseball, not just College World Series. Let's get into the, uh, the Rangers. The Rangers lost uh, last night to Detroit 7-2. They got to play the Tigers again uh, tonight. And it was a, it was a, it was a terrible, uh, embarrassing loss for Rangers fans, only because they lost 7-2 Detroit. And that's no shame in losing Major Baseball season. is a really long season. But the, <laughs> the Detroit, Detroit Tigers lost their starting pitcher. With an injury, 15 pitches in. Um, Matthew Boyd got hurt 15 pitches in, had an injury. He left. The reliever, Will Vest, also got hurt a few pitches in. <laughs> so he was out. And they they only have like three starting pitchers because two of their starters, Eduardo Rodriguez and oh, I think it's Matt Manning is his name, if I'm not mistaken. They're injured too. So two of the starters were already out. One of the starters that started the game got injured 15 pitches in. And then the reliever went down too. And everybody assumed, oh, man, Rangers are going to boat race him. I think the Rangers thought that too. That was not the case. They lost to Detroit 7-2. Uh, to two, And they got the Astros series, go Astros, later this week. And then this is their last stand, I believe, before the All-Star break. I just think it was a perfect storm of, you know, Of just them uh, believing that once Detroit had the, you know, multiple injuries to their pitching staff, that they would just be, that would be an easy win. But also them being very relaxed before the All-Star break, there's also some of that. And Detroit, honestly, Detroit's a bad team. I mean, they only got six wins in June. They've been swept three times (laughs) so far this season. And I just gave you all the injury issues they got. Uh, but they came out and, and they put it on the, uh, the Rangers. And the Rangers were 0 of 10 with runners in scoring position. That didn't help. They left nine runners stranded on base. That also didn't help. So the Rangers this month, only 12 and 11. So they're slowing they're not as they're not winning at a feverish pace like they started out the season, um, so they're slowing down just a little bit. I still think the Rangers are definitely yeah, for real. And, and
0: we're getting closer to the All Star break, which is a big break for a long that's what season. I said, that
1: dude's still distract You get it. Yeah. Uh, the,
0: the Degrom injury is something that is very distracting. Where you know when you're feeling so good about your season, that that's something that can distract. But I think with, with Bocce being there, I think he's just a really good manager that you're going to be able to kind of take the All Star break, take a break. Realize that you were in the conversation at the All Star break, and redirected and point forward. But I, I was, was telling Chad earlier: you look at those top thirty teams in the division; it feels like at least one of them will not be fighting in the second half. Yeah, like it's very hard yeah. for three teams in a division to all play well for an entire season. I know the Astros aren't playing well, but they're playing—they're playing better than a lot of teams in Major League Baseball, and that's on the—they're on their ceiling right now, playing or on their floor. Playing the worst baseball you can basically imagine for them.
1: Uh I'd agree with that. If you're if you're basically basing it off recent history, you would assume the Astros will figure it out. Well, and with just based on recent history, you yes. if
0: Alvarez comes back, they get another pitcher back, they yes. get, you know, if Brantley can come back, if Altuve's out right now again. Like if you can get some of your players back, all of a sudden that changes. If they make a move at the deadline, which they've been known to do, uh, you have some young pitchers like Hunter Brown. That, you know, if he starts to even get to that next level, he's been pitching pretty well, but if you pull him up to another step in the Mm -hmm. second half, there's a lot that can go positively to kind of reset them. But they've just been really hurt.
1: Uh, This is the worst injury luck for the Astros since they started their run, since 2016. They haven't had injury luck this bad to start a season, really ever. And so I think that's something that's you know been a bit of a shock to the system for the Astros, and they just haven't you know even the guys that have been available haven't played their best baseball just yet. So they've been struggling intermittently. Different guys. Uh, the but I I'm with, I'm with you. I think if we're if we we're basing it off your confidence level of recent history, you'll fig, you'll you'll assume the Astros will figure it out so they can at least get into the postseason. The Rangers, even though this is you know kind of rel- relatively new for the Rangers now uh, at the top. Of the division and everybody, you know, kind of looking in the rearview mirror at everybody else, they paid for this. Out of all the teams that are in first place right now, only the Braves have a higher payroll. Yeah, than the Rangers in first place. The Rangers put they put. A, I remember Horace talking. About, they put a lot of money into this. Yeah, that's why a lot a lot of us are surprised by the Rangers turnaround. The Rangers are not because they paid good money for it. They, they were two minimal. years in a row. Yes, exactly. They spent a ton of money for this. So now they're like, all right, finally, it's paying off some of the investments we made. And then you look at the Angels, who are arguably (laughs) two of the top five best players in baseball right now. Generational
0: talents.
1: (laughs) Generational talents. And they haven't been able to make any noise in the postseason. Um, One of those three teams, I think I'd choose the the Astros and the Rangers right now. But, man, I really want to see the Angels in the postseason. And that's weird for me as an Astros fan because it probably would mean the Astros are going to be on the outside looking in.
0: And this is the other part you have to watch with Otani, though is we know he's a free agent at the end of this year. Either the Angels have to figure out that they're going to actually put in an offer and try and keep him and go, we need to allocate $600 million that, you know, for how many years we're Mm going to try and keep him to try and keep him, or we really, to help our franchise, need to sell him off at the trade deadline. Even if we're competing, I don't think we're there to win a title and we can't just lose this guy for nothing. So if we can go rate a team of a bunch of good prospects, knowing we're going to lose them and trade them off, well, that kind of tanks their season. But now they they get a bunch of prospects knowing they're not going to offer him a contract and they don't want to pay him that money. Now they may want to pay him, so they may say, hopefully this is a season where we can show him that we're for real and he'll stay and he'll be an angel for life. Maybe that's the case. Yeah. But if not, it's a real hard sell to chase a playoff in a division where you're not even first place in your division. And not think, hey, man, we could get so – like, w- look at what he's doing. He's carrying a team that has been bad for years. He's doing so much right now. Look at what value he could get for a team that wants him in the second half of the season.
1: I totally – you know what? That's probably the thing that – the reason you wouldn't pick the Angels right now because yeah. that would be the responsible thing to do. If you know you're not going to offer him. If you're going to offer him a contract, then it's fine.
0: I get it. You can, you can hope – and pray that he decides to stay.
1: Yeah, but that's there's still teams out there that would offer sillier money than you would. Yeah, for and, and technically
0: you can trade him and then re-sign him. It is not like basketball where you got to keep bird rights and stuff like that. It, it's
1: yeah, you're right. You can work out something, but
0: so you could technically say, well, we're going to make him an offer, but you know, let's move off of him right now and get the pieces, and then when we sell it back to them, we'll go like, hey, come on back, and uh, now look at all the pieces we got for you, too.
1: Now that's fair. They got to do something, though. And you're right. I wonder when – now, we're at the All-Star break, essentially. I mean, we're a week away from the All-Star yep. break. Uh, when that conversation is going to get real. Because it's it's about time. Because right now, he can't get – the value can't get higher. That's it what I'm is. saying. Right now, he literally, can't, literally, it can't get higher. He is leading the Angels in. Games played, at-bats, hits, batting average, runs batted in uh on-base percentage triples home runs total bases stolen bases slugging percentage on-base plus slugging percentage wins above replacement also uh game started quality starts wins innings pitched uh ERA strikeouts and uh WAR for pitchers too and he's leading all of major league baseball in home runs RBIs OPS slugging percentage and opposing batting average and strikeouts per 9 innings pitched it He's the first player since 1900 to have a share of the Major League Baseball lead in home runs hit and batting average allowed on any given day. And you can basically keep repeating that stat almost the rest of the season because he is right now the pace that he is on, if he continues on it, he will be doing something that we haven't seen in 120-something years in baseball, at least since they've been keeping track of it.
0: And I mean, if you have to think, (laughs) if you're the Yankees, you're the Dodgers, or if the Giants start to turn around, they want to make a pitch. Like, if one of these teams really wants to go after him, right? They will. And they want to go, and they go, we want the head up in free agency, too, because if he's already on our team, we've already shown him, then that changes our pitch because now he's already seen it, and now we can just keep him and re-sign him, right? hmm So all of this, I, I mean, I would move some prospects, even though you know it may not work out, to go, I mean, look, we are We want to win a title. This is the guy, and we want it, we want him for 10 more years. So yeah. why, not, why not
1: throw away some of our future and really go all in? I'm with you, man. I, 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 I can't even imagine what the bidding war is going to be for this guy because we're just talking about the, the value on the actual playing field and the value off. Yeah. You're talking about international star. So in addition to what he's doing now, unprecedented things, and he's still in his prime. Oh, I, I, Yeah, he's going to be the highest-paid player in the history of Major League Baseball, yeah. and he's going to win the MVP this year. Uh, Unless something crazy happens, knocking on wood. But here's a question I have. Let's assume Shohei keeps up this pace, which is (laughs) just flabbergasted. I mean, I'm just mind-blowing if he keeps up this pace. But let's say he keeps it up, right? Leaves Major League Baseball at home runs and also RBIs, opposing batting average and OPS, all these different things. Where would we... Would we put him in the conversation then to be, because if we assume like he's going to be that type of player, at least in his prime, and then once his prime is done, of course, uh, the narrative will shift. But in his prime, if he's going to be this kind of player, I mean, he'd be in the conversation for one of the most influential players in the history of Major League Baseball.
0: I mean, that's the thing. It depends mm-hmm. where he goes. That's that, a, that's a big exactly that's because a big part you have of it to
1: win because you can't if you not go to the postseason the angels nobody's talking about him as much because he's not in the postseason. Yeah, when we say he
0: was the greatest regular season player of all time. That's a conversation. Yeah, that's a sad conversation. But like Reggie Jackson is Mister October. <laughs> and everyone knows him because he's Mister October, and you don't say, "Well, his stats were really good during the season." You go, no, it's Mister October. Yeah, exactly. Who do you want on your team, Mister October? <laughs> yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. And so, no you,
0: and so that he just he has to get on a team. You, it's baseball. You can't do it by yourself. So he has to get on a team that can get him there, and, then and that's why you figure stage. he's not going to stay with the Angels. Can't. But unless the Angels make the run, they go, We t- now it's working, we got Rendon, we finally figured out some of our culture issues, and we have Trout, and we have Rendon, and we have, like, look, we've spent the but we have the pieces. It just never worked. And we couldn't tell you why, but if it's working now... But I I still, they should, with
1: all the pieces they have right now, be handily winning this division. (laughs) Uh, They should be, yeah, exactly. We we shouldn't even be having this discussion about him not having the opportunity to play in the postseason. Because they're spending money. Because they're spending money, and they got two of the best players in the world. But, man, the assumption, assume, because Patrick's right, because it's just like the Jokic conversation, right? We're talking about Jokic, and I gave you all the records that he had already uh, achieved in the postseason and our conversation basically boiled down to nobody gives a damn if you don't win a title. Yeah. Now, when you win a title, then we will retrospectively go back and go, man, now look where he is among all the greats. Now that he's got the ring, the ring validates everything else, and the same thing with Shohei Ohtani. I'm going to need him to get into the postseason, do some of this freaky, crazy stuff in the postseason where it matters, and then we'll retrospectively go back and go, alright, you know what? Honestly, this guy may have been one of the most impactful players in the history of Major League Baseball. But if he does, I'm mean, we're talking about, people put Babe Ruth, they put basically, you're talking about the most influential players, impactful players in the game. We're talking about affecting on a macro level, not just your great stats and being Hall of Fame. You'll be talking about You know, Jackie Robinson, Kurt Flood, Babe Ruth... And you know, throw in some other players there. I don't know. I'm not, obviously, I'm not a baseball uh, aficionado, but just throwing in some of those great names. If Shohei Otani continues on this pace, he would go into that conversation just because he would inspire a new generation of baseball fans who never looked at the game in that way.
0: No, I mean, the two way player is going to be a thing that so many coaches are going to have to talk people off the ledge of. Exactly. Because <laughs> they're like, dude, you <laughs> just fit, like, physically, most people are not built in the way to do it. Like, you'll, you'll shorten your career by 10 years. You'll you'll blow your arm out. You'll need time. Like you just won't be able to do both. He is a the genetic unicorn. genetic freak, freak man, and just everything about him. But like the way I put it is Chris Paul. If you look at him, his playoff number, his playoff stats are pretty good because he's been in the playoffs a bunch. What is his legacy? That hmm. he's a choke artist, yeah, in the playoffs, and that is one of the greatest point guards to ever play the game of basketball. And his legacy, because he hasn't won championships, is that he's a choke artist in the playoffs. So for Otani, all this is great, but if he doesn't get on a team and win, then it, it's going to be the legacy will be what could have been.
1: Yeah, I totally agree.
0: And it will, everything else will get forgotten.
1: Yep, got to, he got to get the he's got, and I'm saying he's got to get a title, win a World Series, but he's got to, We got to see him showcase in the postseason. Yeah, and I mean this if, might be the year, but I say I hope it's not the year because it might be at the <laughs> you know detriment of the Astros. Looks yeah. like because they're about they half a game separates the Astros and the Angels right now in yeah, the division.
0: I think we're both about 5 games back from from uh from the Rangers. That right
1: will be a lot will be uh settled when the Astros play the Rangers later on this week.
0: Friday, Saturday, Sunday.
1: Yeah, that's going to be big. That's going to be then big. Then you
0: get the All-Star weekend and we start to see these teams, we start to hear more rumors of who's buyers and who's sellers. And I from all reports, there's a lot more buyers this year than sellers. So it may not be the craziest trade deadline you've ever seen in, in MLB. Mm-hmm. Uh but you know, I, I think that the, our division is going to be one to watch because there is three teams that are right there, and there is so much money and and everything's committed. And the Rangers but buyers for two years, so why not go all in if you're already all in? And you know, the Astros are trying to defend George. defend a title, mm-hmm. and they're trying to still make their you know to continue this dynasty. Yep. So, they want to be able to, they need to be able to try and put together pieces. If guys aren't coming back, if Brantley's not coming back, if McCullers isn't coming back, you know, you have to be able to find other pieces in there. Uh, apparently, Dusty Baker doesn't like Chaz McCormick. So this that is could a thing.
1: A, oh, yeah, I heard this. Uh, I think people were paraphrasing it. Basically, he's like, I have to use him. I don't want to use him yeah, kind of thing.
0: Yeah, that, that he's not playing, and a bunch of people think that he's a better player than he's getting respect for right now. Mm. But that could be a guy that gets moved just because, hey, if our manager doesn't like him, put him in a trade package, get some other piece back for him. Uh, so the, 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 we'll see. And then the rain. It's and the Angels are, do you move off Otani or do you go all in and try and keep Otani and Trout? And you have Rendon, you have some other pieces that are already there. You've paid for guys before. You go, okay, we, we think we've figured out the managing now. Mm-hmm. We think we've figured out the culture problems. And let's run for, full force forward what we tried to do five years ago and just fail that.
1: Yeah. No, that's a good point, too. And yeah, it's going to be interesting with the second half of the season. It, this might be one of the more intriguing divisions, period, for the second half yeah. of the season. I don't know if there is one. And, I'm I mean,
0: sure. Seattle's still not a bad team. The no. only team that is
1: garbage is Oakland. And that's – honestly, that's honestly That's intentional. Yes, they are intentionally garbage. <laughs> they are trying their best to be garbage, garbage. Yeah. Um, no, that's a good point. Uh, okay, uh, real quick, because next segment we're going to talk NBA. I know I'd say we get some Longhorn football conversation, so we can table that into Raj Rand of the day, and I'll talk some Longhorn football. We'll talk about the Longhorn football defense specifically, um, and I'll tell you who's getting a lot of love uh, this off season um, and getting you know, really high expectations, I should say, for next season. But real quick, since so we're talking about Texas football, pro football focus has. Their uh, way too early uh, preseason rankings based on their ELO algorithm. Don't ask me what the ELO is because I'm not that into it. Uh, but it's just a cumulative, uh, a cumulative algorithm, different factors they throw in there. Uh, they have Texas fifth, fifth best team in the country behind Georgia, Bama, Ohio State, and Michigan. I know. Ahead of Clemson, Penn State, LSU at eight, Tennessee at nine, and USC at 10. Notre Dame's at 11. Uh, they got Oklahoma at the next Big Twelve team at thirteen. They're uh right below Oregon at twelve and ahead of Florida State at fourteen. They got uh, TCU at sixteen, sandwiched in between Utah and K State. I know, trust me, the 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 hype train is full steam ahead and it is no breaks on this hype train for Texas. And I'm happy. It should be this optimistic. All right, the the mood should be this optimistic for Texas football because there aren't a lot of excuses. Right? What's the excuse if they lose games next season? Yeah. Right, It ain't talent. Remember the first season, was like, they ain't got no talent. Talent deficiency, no talent, no talent. It's like, okay, well, no talent. They've been recruiting like gangbusters, but I guess no talent. Too many transfers, even though everybody deals with transfers. So too many transfers, <laughs> no talent. I get it, first season, five and seven. Uh, they got talent, all of a sudden, took them one year to get it all back. In the second season, got tons of talent. And the issue became, apparently now is, uh, they do the place. Apparently, everybody knew the plays. Do all the play. Do all the signs. They were still in the signs in the plays. That's why you lost all those games, too, because they were still in the signs, still in the plays. Or you can go to, oh, they had a quarterback injury, whatever. Okay? Throw it out there. Those excuses shouldn't exist next season. Even if a quarterback does end up getting hurt or having some issues, you gotta you got the one of the best quarterback rooms in the country. Some people are saying top three best quarterback rooms in the country. That means there's depth there. So one guy goes down, shouldn't decimate the season. Talent? People are saying right now Texas has one of the most talented teams in the country. Top five wide receiver room, quarterback room, O-line, tight end room, all those different things. I mean, only running back is probably the only room that's outside the top 15 or top 10. right? And, and that talent-wise— it ain't unproven. It's, it's talent, unproven. Wise. but talent-wise, recruiting-wise, exactly, it's good. It is. Yeah, we're talking, yeah exactly. It's, it's unproven. It ain't done it on the field just yet. But you're right. Talent-wise, is Tershard Choice is killing it. So I'm not saying yeah. it's a good point. I'm not saying he doesn't have talent. And the defense, I'll get into that. Is expected to also be pick up where they, you know, pick up where they left off last season, which was a top thirty defense in the country, somewhere around there. So you're just out of excuses. It's the all gas no excuses tour. Uh, the excuses next season is going to be about the coaching and about the schematic advantage or lack thereof. That's what it's going to come down to. Or quarterback development. Quinn Ewers is not on track, doesn't look great, or he's not progressing the way we thought. But all of it will come back to the coaches Yeah, pretty much. That's why this, is a, this year is truly will be a judgment on the coaches. 'Cause I don't think talent's an issue. Give it up for short. I don't think talent development's an issue. I think he's done a really good job of developing the talent they have on the forty acres last season. Culture, Texas has a really good culture right now. Guys wanna be here. They want even in a transfer portal in Iowa era, guys wanna be at Texas. They're having fun. Uh the Malik, uh, you know, keeping Malik Murphy is a big, I think, example of hey, you any a guy could have went and started somewhere and probably made, I don't know, six figures at the University. Dude could be starting at Alabama. Yes. Let's put this way. When we say starting somewhere,
0: that. we mean he could be playing on a team with a shot for a national championship next year. He'd be that. a starting quarterback.
1: Yep, because they don't know who that quarterback's going to be. Yes. And he so, decided, I want to be at
0: Texas. Yeah. So that's when we say starting somewhere, it is not starting at Nebraska. Yeah. It uh, is starting at a
1: major. Power five, yes. yeah. A, you know, one of the best programs in the country. Yes. He could go start for those teams. And he chose to, he chose to stay here. So a lot of the things that we would throw out there as excuses to why this team, our program is underachieving, would no longer be relevant uh, or applicable next season. And I'm excited about that. The only excuse you can have pretty much is going to be the coaches didn't get it done. And, that's, and to me, I was to say, I think Sark has got to take his game to the next level. If he does that, this team will compete for a Big 12 title. They should win a Big 12 title. They'll definitely compete for one. And that's the goal. All right, so everybody high on tech. We're still drinking that Kool-Aid until, hell, until we see a, a reason not to. Just keep drinking until there's there's a reason not to drink the Kool-Aid. Hopefully it doesn't come early in the season like it did last season. Because Bama, Longwood fans were still drinking the Kool-Aid at the Bama. They just stopped sipping it because of the Quinn U.S. injury. That had a drastic effect on Longwood fans. We were still drinking the Kool-Aid because of how well we played at Bama. Exactly. But then the Tech game happens. Yes. The Tech game kind of killed it. And that's when you slapped in the face. Because I remember remember (laughs) talking to
0: people. We were doing remotes before the Alabama game and talking to people. And people were like, ah, man, I bet, like, you know. 62-5. 62-5. to five.
1: <laughs> <laughs> No, you're right. No, I, I believe the point spread was 21-23. It was something. It was a yeah, high. They, but, had te- they had Bama beating Texas by three touchdowns at home.
0: even with people drinking a little bit of Kool-Aid last year going into that Bama game, no one was predicting it to be within a score. No. Let's put it that way. Most people are predicting it to be, okay, are your four strings getting into this game. Pretty much. And so I, even with the injuries, you went, well, but, but, but maybe. I know. If he comes back sooner— and then, of course, you always get every college coach will tell you, like, well, he broke his neck, both legs, and, <laughs> and his back.
1: We're hoping to have him back in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're right. People were optimistic. It, honestly, and I, I tease Sloan fans about this. Y'all were very Aggie-like after that Bama game. Y'all must admit. there was a lot of moral victories. moral victories. It was like, oh, man, we played them to the wire, And it's was like. You lost. <laughs> we played really hard, and man, Bama respects us. And I was like, "You lost." I was the only one like, "You lost the game." Can we? It's like you know, we we still transitioning into being yeah. <laughs> kind of a, back to being elite again. And our expectations and standard. Don't let your expectations affect the standard. That's what I said after that game. Yes, your expectations are for Texas football are what they are. And they should be, make sure they're realistic, you know, considering what we've seen the last decade. But the standard of Texas football is something different, all right? The standard is a standard that was set long ago. DKR set the standard, and the standard from then as a blue blood is what the standard is. So, yes, your nine-win seasons or your eight-win seasons are great, but that's not the standard. So is it a good season? Okay, yeah, you had a good season, but did you meet the standard? No. The standard is the standard. Longhorn fans were very uh, happy, Aggie-like after that moral victory versus Bama. Man, we were really close. Yeah, but we can't be celebrating close now, can we? When I first came to Texas, there they, they was, was a term for guys. And I didn't know my nickname in high school was Kool-Aid because I smiled all the time. Everything smiled, everything off. Called me Kool-Aid Smile. And I came to Texas and the Kool-Aid term had a different, the nickname had a different meaning. Coolating, coolating as a verb meant hanging out with ladies and not closing the deal. You were kool were Kool-Aiding the whole time. You, you know what I mean? You never closed the deal. You were you want uh, you want about the your business, all right? A B C, always be closing. Uh, so I was like, no, nah, I don't want to be called the Kool Aid nickname anymore. So I distanced myself from the Kool Aid nickname because of what it meant <laughs> on the Forty Acres. Say there in Texas, you can't be uh, kool coolating. Dubs, baby, you get the dub or you don't. You close a deal or you don't. You ain't you can't be Kool Aiden. You're Texas. You can't celebrate a L with a moral victory. Uh-uh-uh-uh-uh. We don't celebrate the M in moral victory. We celebrate the dub. So flip the M. That's what we want. Okay. I know you felt good after that. battle. Oh man, <laughs> No, we don't do that. So they ain't got no longer. They didn't like that take. I'm just telling you the truth. The standard is the standard. Don't let your expectations affect the standard. All right, we come back. We will get into NBA news, notes, and nuggets. We will hear uh, from Chris Haynes about a report about Dame Lillard. Also about the Mavs potentially pursuing uh, a player uh, in in the draft uh, world. We'll get into that as well. Also, we'll hear from Dennis Rodman calling out Larry Bird. All of that and more right here on Ball Don't Lie, a wonderful underhorn All right, welcome back to "Ball Don't Lie right here on 104.9 on The Horn. Uh, you can hit us up on the Specs text line, 512-337-3776. That's the number to the Specs text line. Uh, you also hit us up via Twitter. Matt Harge is on vacation. Well-deserved. But you can hit us up. My man Patrick is at It's Patrick Davis in the Twitterverse. I'm at Rod Babers in the Twitterverse. Uh, And you can hit us up there as well. Got some NBA discussion to get to on the top of the charts Tuesday when Patrick plays the Jams. I reach the top of the Billboard charts on this day in history. Uh, All right. So a lot of NBA news to get to. We'll save the Dennis Rodman conversation for the end of the uh, segment here. Uh, But a couple of uh, cuts from Chris Haynes who is a NBA insider um has been really on top of the Dame Little and he he claims that him and Dame Little are close like they're good friends yeah
0: no that's one of the reasons he like right. he's, he's one of those okay. guys that has advanced a long way because he is friends with a lot of players like the windhorse
1: LeBron thing not yes. I don't know if they were friends but, but you he, no but Chris like, Haynes yeah.
0: knows his good relationships with a lot of players okay. and so he gets more inside news so, oh, he, so okay so that's he, that's why he, when you knows hear, he knows that's why when you hear some interviews with him and you're like how is this guy like He's not bad, but he's not TNT good. But he's so but in he's the But he's very know. inside, and players yeah. want to talk to him. So, if that's part of the struggle, I get it.
1: Okay, so he's got the insight. Well, that's perfect, then, because he actually went on the record about Dame Lillard. And he had an interesting little nugget about Dame Lillard possibly – Um, either being traded to another team or trying to uh, convince the Portland Trailblazers to rebuild his way, not rebuild, but to build around him in the manner in which he prefers. Uh, Here is uh, Chris Haynes talking about the uh, Dame Lillard updates.
2: Dame, I can say you guys know how close I am with Dame. One thing I can say about him, like he doesn't want to be on a team that is just stacked he doesn't want to he he doesn't want to have a team where it's just three all-stars or three superstars and then they go in and battle that way. No, he just wants a team that has a shot. And if you look at the teams that he's, he's been on all throughout his career, he's he's never really had a shot. And now Joe Cronin stepped step, I believe Joe Cronin just finished his second year as general manager. So, this is a different regime, but they're they're kind of selling the same or going over the same talking points. And so Dame is Dame is trying to give the organization time to come up with something. That's all Dame is asking for, come up with something. He doesn't want to go younger. He wants to get older. He wants to get older with proven veteran players. He wants to win now.
1: All right, so he is open to staying there um, uh, based on the report from Chris Haynes. And how about this? This is from Sam Amick. He's reporting that Damian Little actually prefers them re-signing Jeremy Grant and signing Draymond Green if possible. Yep. Wow. Yep. This
0: is this is why players do not make good GMs. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> You're not on board with this. No, I, I just don't think that I don't Does that really get you any closer? I Are I, you are you a, are you better than a 6 seed with that team?
1: Uh, maybe better than a 60, but
2: I don't, I don't think I, it makes you a championship. The only, reason, the
0: only reason you are better is if Scoot Henderson plays 30 minutes a game and puts up big numbers. That's the only reason. Jeremy Grant's a good player, but he's already there. And I know he's had injuries, but he has already been there. You're not, re, you're not getting a new guy. Yeah. So you're just keeping Jeremy Grant because he likes playing with Jeremy Grant. Draymond Green gets you maybe three wins in the regular season, maybe five if you're really lucky. Yeah. And then in the playoffs, he helps you out a little bit. Now, the problem is Draymond Green doesn't get along with young players. And you know who you're going to need to play really well? Young players. Mm -hmm. So if you want to have this whole let's get a bunch of old guys together, have fun. There's not a bunch of guys out there. The the CBA is not set up in a way to do that as much anymore. And players, people figure that whole super team building thing kind of out. They don't like to have players sign for minimum, like real good veterans sign for minimum anymore. It just doesn't work as well that way. And also, that's a really hard thing to build when you're a point guard. Because point guard is the easiest position to find in a basketball team. Because it's the shortest player. And there's just more short people than there are tall people in the world. So there's more better <laughs> basketball players that are shorter. So if you got to go find, hey, man, we have to find. Now our two best players are Dame Lillard and, and Scoot Henderson. They are 6'3 each. Mm. So now we have to go find our next, ta- our next shortest guy has to be 6'7". And we have to find three guys that are 6'7", six, 6'9", six, and 7 foot to fill out our roster. We have to find good guys for no money to do it. Mm-hmm. It becomes a problem when yeah. you're trying to put the other teams. I get it. If you get Draymond <laughs> for the right price, but you're going to have to pay Draymond roughly $35 million a year to do this. Yeah, he's not taking a, a huge pay cut. To go to Portland? No. No way. Because if he's taking a pay cut, he's staying in Golden State where he has lived and his family is and all his friends are and where they have a better chance to win because – is Damian Lillard better than Steph Curry? No, uh, well,
1: no, not right now. So, who are you going to? Why were you going to the other guy then? Yeah, no, I I, I agree with you. And by the way, Draymond Green apparently is being coveted. Uh, he and Rich Rich Pauls his agent. Yeah. Um, and Brian Windhorst reports that the basically the Kings and the yeah. Pistons are also interested, and that before, prior to Memphis getting Marcus Smart in that trade, yes, then Memphis were one of the top teams who wanted these services of one Draymond Green. So, team, there are multiple teams looking at him as potentially a piece that could put them over the top. It's that they're all trying
0: to well, get that. the Kings? The Kings well, they be. want that guy who gives him toughness. And I get it. I get that seems great until you realize what the toughness comes with. And in today's league, do you think that the rest of the players are going to respond to that, or they're going to fight back and it's not going to work? And that's really the problem is all these guys go, oh, no, I respect Draymond, so these guys will respect Draymond. I don't think – like, you saw what happened with Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole didn't respect Draymond
1: one bit. Yeah, he got punched in the face because of it. He
0: did, (laughs) but you can't punch – I mean, De'Aaron Fox respects him. Yeah. But, I mean, he he stepped on Sabonis' chest, and then you're going to go sign him? (laughs) No, you're right. But I know Mike Brown, I guess,
1: knows him very well. We know that they just
0: got Chris Paul, who Draymond Green
1: said F Chris
0: Paul. They chanted F Chris Paul after they beat him in the Rockets in the series. Like – I get it. There's a you can be a professional and get over a lot of this stuff. I don't know if you're building a team. If that well, we need to get toughness. And you don't think, hey, well, let's bring in, let's try and scout guys and go find some guys that you know have that. Like Denver brought in Jeff Green, Mm -hmm. who's a much more affordable option, a great mentor, someone to bring. Like you can bring in that guy. It doesn't have to be a 35 million dollar guy who can't score offensively, and defense is. Already dying off, and is going to continue to get worse year to year because he's undersized and his athleticism is going to keep going downhill. So you're going to pay him, and you're maybe get two years out of him before the contract is one of the worst contracts in the league, and he's going to be a thorn in your side. And anytime you make any move he doesn't like, he's going to go vented in his podcast. Everybody here, yeah, you know what you can do. But I don't think they do. Cause they I think to. they think the players they think like Kyrie Irving and like LeBron and they go that's my boy so go bring him in, and you go but you are not the only one here. Yeah, the management I think knows what they're getting with Draymond. You have to, you know, but like you know when you have a party and you invite over and someone's like, oh my friends coming and they you're like, are they cool and they're like, yeah man they're cool man they're cool and they show up and they're like, I hey, mean change the music. Yeah, hey, man, this this music's
1: whack <laughs> and they're at Change the music yeah. and then they're like
0: what. You don't got no food? And <laughs> this guy starts going through your cabinets and stuff. You're like, I thought you said he was cool. He's like, no, nah, man, he's funny. He's like, he ain't said one funny thing. <laughs> that, no. that, that's what happens. And yeah. you can have that when you bring Draymond in that you think, oh, man, no, this guy's, this guy's really good. But your team chemistry of everyone else, and I get you, the reason why Sacramento, the reason why Memphis, the reason why Portland want him is because they want to change that mindset. Mm-hmm. And because it's hard for Dame Lillard to go to these guys and go, you're not working hard enough. Like you don't, you're not putting it in, you're not fighting for, on the ground for every ball. You need to want this as much as I do. But I don't know if Dr- bringing Draymond is for thirty five million. If he went, if he took twelve million, then he is definitely worth it.
1: He's never gonna take that because you have pay to pay have pay. an
0: out. He wants a four year, 160 million, 150 million, four years. Like, that's a lot of money to put into somebody who probably doesn't have that left in the tank.
1: No, I get this. It's a good point. I agree with you. But, man, there's no doubt there's a market for him. For some reason, there is. there's a lot of people on the team that think he could be the guy.
0: I think Rich Paul mm. is really good at controlling narratives because Rich Paul is on every single analyst's phone. And he's telling people, all these people are calling for us. So, I think Rich Paul is also really good at playing that game. If you've ever noticed, every Rich Paul client is one of the most sought-after clients in sports. So, I think he's really good at playing that game as well. I, I mean, I get Sacramento cleared a lot of space. But if I'm Sacramento, I want Brooke Lopez.
1: Mm. Yeah.
0: Uh because I feel Brooke Lopez can clear the floor for De'Aaron Fox a lot better and he can I think he can do a lot of things Draymond does. Now he's not as much of a runner, but I don't think Draymond is that is gonna be that for two years. Like I, I think there's just more I think there's other guys and when that that question is who are they clearing cap space for? It always seems to go back to Draymond now and it just doesn't it doesn't make sense in my head if the contract is over two years. And I think he wants a longer contract.
1: I agree with that. Uh, one other cut want to play before we get to the break. Uh, Chris Haynes also had a nugget about the Mavs and the Mavs possibly having interest uh, in this player. A uh, little surprised him talking about the Mavs reaching out to the Suns about DeAndre Ayton.
2: Not too long ago, the Dallas Mavericks made a play for DeAndre Ayton. They made a, they made a real serious play for DeAndre Ayton. And it was not approved. It was not approved. It's something that the Phoenix Suns didn't feel they didn't feel like um didn't feel like it was an adequate enough package to to make that deal. So that was pretty recent. And so and now I'm hearing that they're keeping Aiden. So again, take from that as you will, can the Dallas Mavericks or any other team like the Indiana Pacers or Toronto Raptors, could they swoop in and try to do something differently or try to improve those packages they possibly could but as of right now the plans to keep Aiden. and there were talks as recent as recently the last few days even before my uh, before my report the Dallas Mavericks and Phoenix Suns they were in contact on a potential trade that did not get approved by the Phoenix Suns so wow. that's that.
1: Don't know if the Mavs were still. Obviously, they got two center um, options. They got some, you know, at least some bodies there at the center position, they and do. they got a prospect of Derek Lively for the future. So I'm I'm sure the DeAndre Aiden stuff is dead. But that was interesting. That at one point they reached out to Aiden. Would if that had worked out, would that have been good for the Mavs?
0: I think that was if the trade they had offered, it probably would have been okay. because the fact it was turned down, and then what they ended Means up that doing, they
1: were, they were going to win the trade.
0: I think yeah. they were offering probably Tim Hardaway Jr. And probably not even giving up some other good young talent like Josh Bell and stuff like that. And maybe 10 – trying to give a future first, like basically trying to give them scraps and go, you can get off that. We'll take your contract. Yeah, They're basically doing it as a salary dump move for – and then they were going to dump Bertons back onto them too and because you got to make salaries match. That would have been brilliant too. So yeah. they were going to ditch some salary on them, do everything, and then go, we'll take your salary.
1: <laughs> Let me do you a favor, man. Let me do you a favor help and take me that help bad you. contract. <laughs> Let me help me help yeah. you.
0: <laughs> but, yeah, seeing what they got for Chris Paul and get ditching that contract, I don't know. Like in the Bradley Beal, what they had to give up to get Bradley oof, Beal. And oof, yeah. I, I think that they were, Phoenix was not necessarily in a straight, we want to dump a player mode. And they, D- Dallas was like, hey, why don't you just dump us? You know, he signed a, that's a terrible contract. We'll take it though.
1: Yeah, you're right. Cause they're, they're, they're mad. They're, now the new owner is not thinking things through to that extent. He's just going all in. Yeah. And so owner, if they wanted to,
0: and I think that was the new owner probably, and wall reports are that basically everyone within the franchise is not thrilled with DeAndre Ayton's attitude. They haven't been for two years. They feel like he needs to step up, and he feels that they need to give him – that they keep saying that you're the fourth or fifth best player, and he's saying, well, treat me like a star, and I'll act like a star. And they're saying, act like a star, and we'll treat you like a star. That's not how it works, yeah. And so it is that catch of, you know, at some point you got to meet your middle ground. I don't think firing Monty Williams is probably
1: the right answer, but – We'll easier see. than firing, getting ready to superstars, and he needs yep. a change of scenery. He's a prime candidate for a change of scenery. Yes, guy. Uh, all right, we we'll come back. We'll get into a little off the record on the side. Want we'll to play that Rodman sound so we can do it on the other side, right here on Ball Don't Lie, one hundred and four nine hundred. D D. Mega doo I'm sorry, mangoodoo. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Deli
2: Cat Essen. Well, I don't get, I get a day, the head comb. Well, congratulations. Continue. Good sex in the sex in the big east. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record.
1: Do it live! I can I'll write it and we'll do it live! The thing sucks. Welcome back to another edition of Off the Record here on Ball, Don't Lie. Uh, this is something that Patrick and I were talking about in the break because Patrick brought it up. And I thought, oh, man, this be great off the record material. Well, apparently uh, the uh, Virgin Galactic um, is set to uh, have their first commercial space tourism flight. That's right. Commercialized space travel is official, official. We don't want people paying money. Straight cash, homie, so they can go into space. Uh, They're going to start their uh, flights this month. Uh, Apparently, shares in the company have spiked more than 40% as a result. Um, The company on Thursday uh, said the flight is targeting a launch window that opens today through the 30th. And apparently, uh, if the first one goes right, if, if, if there's no, I don't know, no issues, Um, They're going to make this a frequent thing. They're going to have another launch in August if the one in June in the next couple of days ends up working out. They're going to plan a second one. And they're basically going to plan monthly commercial flights to space if you got the dough. Richard Branson, uh, the virgin billionaire, uh, completed his final test space flight in May. And it looks like, Patrick, that this is all go. They said right now they have sold... Over, they have a backlog of uh, 800 passengers that are on a waiting list to pay about 250 to half a million dollars, depending on what the price tag is. I think it fluctuates, basically.
0: You know, if you're on the if you're number 800, it's less than if you're yeah, well, said, number think, one. Yeah, I think
1: yeah, I, said, I said the 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 one. Actually, I think it's increasing based on what I read. Oh, wait, so it's, the price. Cause it's getting safer. I don't know why it's increased. <laughs> That's a good question. Because I read an article. That article I just read was from like a week and a half ago, um, and there's a recent, more recent article that is saying that the uh, the price was cheaper for the first one. They said if you got around four hundred fifty thousand dollars, burning a hole in your bank account and a fierce desire to go into space, this could be your opportunity. They said last year. Um, Virgin Galactic founder Sir Richard Branson uh, said they were going to make state-of-the-art space travel available to everybody and while prices are higher now the first batch of tickets sold for 200000 So it was cheaper initially. Now it's going up because it's getting more popular. Why the yeah. hell? Else? Why would I make it cheaper when more of y'all want to go? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. I mean, supply and demand. That's right. that
0: the basic principles of capitalism. You got to be, basically you got to be a million I don't
1: know, a millionaire to do it.
0: If, mm-hmm. if I know things happen in rules of threes and, what, what was and there was there was a submarine.
1: Yeah, what's the other issue? What's the other In incident? In
0: Colorado, I believe a billionaire died uh, racing a race car around the track, oh. drove into the wall and died uh, yesterday what? or the day before. Are you serious? Yes. So oh, we are man. at two events of billionaires. <laughs> I'm saying I'm going to wait a week. I'm going to try and wait out. Another billionaire. You're not between. a
1: billionaire, though.
0: I don't. I say, I'm just saying if, if I, I was. Like, you, like, I don't have a billionaire oh, you, mindset. Okay,
1: uh, you would observe it if you were a billionaire. Yeah, I'd be like, hey, you know what? Take my spot. So maybe catch the your next bus. Well, if you're a multimillionaire, you, you're good? Is this a billionaire thing? I Look, people don't <laughs> hate
0: multimillionaires. They <laughs> hate billionaires.
1: You might know a multimillionaire. You yeah. don't know any billionaires. You two.
0: <laughs> two million is a multimillionaire. Yeah, like, you know a multimillionaire ain't invited to dinner at a billionaire's house. <laughs> they ain't even...
1: That is true. You you know somebody who used to be a multimillionaire. Now, they're just like, maybe a millionaire? Yeah. They like, dropped off. What, are you of on one house? <laughs> uh, oh, two cars. I have a house for my cars. That's what Chris Rock always said. Like, oh. hey, man, if Bill Gates had Oprah money, he'd try to kill himself. <laughs> <laughs> and that's basically what you're saying. Like, no, no. This wealth, that's a different level of wealth. Uh, but, yeah, if I had to go to space or go, if I had the choice to go out of space uh, or I go underneath the deep sea or something. I guess I would choose going out of space, but I'm just not into organized life risking activities for recreational purposes. But like I said, you know your life is good when your life is so good you have to risk it because you're bored. Jeez. That's how you know you got a good life. Yeah. That's a really good I'll life. I'll
0: tell you. I'll tell you. Yeah. You know where I go? vacation for the rest of my
1: life I'm gonna, <laughs> yeah. I'm gonna go in your fancy I'm gonna buy one of those islands or something like that there you go now, I'll just kinda hang
2: out
0: cool.
1: I'm with you man I'm with you I'm gonna, I would, wait. I'm gonna wait have like
0: six kids and then die and then just be like oh I'm giving all the money to charity you wanna Y'all, die in a boring way yeah. you want just
1: yeah <laughs> Like old age, how'd he die? Ah, he was old. Oh, he's great. <laughs> I'd love to die that way. It's fantastic. He went, he
0: went chest deep in the ocean,
1: yeah. yeah he, it was over, yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, oh, he died in a submersible that imploded because of like what? No, I don't want to die that way. Oh. All right, uh, we'll come back, we'll get into uh, some NFL news, notes, and nuggets. I have a question. Um, and we'll get into this on the other side. Uh, we'll talk about it when we talk about NFL. And it sparked a rabbit hole uh, session for me. So we'll do that on the other side. Right here on Ball Don't Lie, horn.